Welcome back to another series of Game Changers, Series 7. Well, well, well. On behalf of Adriano and the team from A School for Tomorrow, we want to thank everyone for their amazing support of our little podcast. Our most recent Series 6 has continued to build our audience reach, with the series becoming the most listened to series to date. That's just remarkable. Thank you so much. When we commenced in March 2020, we never anticipated the extent of positive response we've received from the global education community. Your encouragement of us has been inspiring. With over 100,000 listens and growing each day from over 35 countries around the world. Who'd have thought? An art teacher and a history teacher, a blues supporter and a Waratah supporter. The latte and flat white with two sugars of education. We didn't expect that so many might want to listen in and join the community, and yet it just confirms what we knew in our hearts, that so many educators, entrepreneurs, school leaders, and just all-round good human beings across the globe want to learn from the real game changers out there pioneering that human-centered, technologically enriched people and place and planet-conscious and intentionally purposeful ecosystem in which we prepare our students to thrive as good people, future builders, continuous learners and unlearners, solution architects, responsible citizens, and team creators by equipping, empowering, and enabling them with the adaptive expertise and self-efficacy to thrive in their world, teaching them through powerful relationships of character apprenticeship, the character competency and wellness they will need to learn, live, lead, and work in their world with success. Phew, that's a lot of words, folks, isn't it? But you know, this education game, we like our little list of 10 things to do and three things to make a difference, but it's a complex world and it's a complex environment and it requires a model. It requires a model for us to think about the full flourishing of each young person in their care and for the adults to support them on their personal journey of discovery. So now we're wondering what might that model for a flourishing future for the students of today and tomorrow actually look like? How do we design a better normal that best supports the full thriving of each individual? I know, let's ask a design teacher. <laughs> well, Phil, I don't know how to follow that introduction. I mean, I'm actually exhausted here right now. It just feels like uh, I've just gone for a 10K run with, with a bung knee. It's uh, it's not all that great. But anyway, Phil, it's lovely to be with you again. And, and thank you for sharing some of those wonderings to begin with. And talking about wonderings, I recently read an interesting article in The Guardian about the population wars between Sydney versus Melbourne with experts predicting that Melbourne will become the most populated city in Australia by 2026. I'm already thinking about the traffic. I mean, you'd know that in Sydney, how bad that traffic is. Reclaiming the title of marvellous Melbourne. No doubt that'll hurt the fragile Sydney egos, Phil. Well, as a permanent resident now of the People's Democratic Republic of Fitzroy, I'm not buying into that sectarian rubbish ADP. <laughs> and I certainly don't read The Guardian either. What I am into is the way in which we can help the young people in our care to find their sense of purpose and apply the principles of high-performance learning that will help them to continue on their journeys of exploration, of discovery and of encounter. That focus on the life of purpose and high-performance learning is also starting to frame our research focus at A School for Tomorrow. Having built out the framework for A School Tomorrow and the centrality of an education for character, competency and wellness within it over the past decade, we now want to explore how we can engage and empower young people through an aligned framework and personalised experience 
to become the best versions of themselves. That's what's really inspiring me. Stories of growth and a life of purpose by individuals and communities on the pathway to excellence. Phil, can you share with our audience a little insight into our Series 7 sponsor? Thanks, Adriano. Of course I can. We are proud to be partnered with EDAPT Education. EDAPT Education helps schools from around Australia bring together their academic engagement, wellbeing, intervention and student voice data onto one platform. Let your data work for you to improve the academic growth and wellbeing of all students in your school. For training and support to help you get started, visit www.edapt.education. That's www.edapt.education. Let's go. Well, thank you very much, Phil, and I know exactly what you mean. That's awesome to be able to share that because, you know, there there are some days that I have where I have these inspiring encounters, Phil, with, with people and places that deeply move me because of their care, their connection and their commitment to the young people, our horizon and obviously our future. You know, recently uh, I had one of those, those those particular days and in term one, I went to the opening of the Hester Hornbrook Academy Sunshine Campus, a suburb in Melbourne's West that I know far too well. I encountered one of the most remarkable learning communities I've ever experienced in my 26 year educational career. And of course, it was because the experience allowed me to encounter what truly matters in education, people learning and growing with hope. Through their healing orientated program of education, hope for short, the dedicated staff at the Hester Hornbrook Academy are truly transforming lives by focusing on being significant over our infatuation in education with scores. Through their simple yet very complex approach to be safe, be productive and be respectful, these remarkable adults have created a deeply human-centered, tech-enriched, people, place and planet conscious an intentionally purposeful, personalized learning ecosystem for young people aged from 15 to 24. A learning community where wellness comes first, where they understand that time is fluid and that learning occurs anytime, anywhere, by anyone. And where, the le- where they leverage the strength and rich diversity of their community. Their physical campus is also an inspiring piece of architectural design and brilliant use of light, colour, texture, quiet zones, communal places, active and passive areas ensures that all learners feel connected, energised and deeply safe. You know, Phil, I witnessed educators not only operating from this construct of hope, but from a deep humanity based on care for self, place and the other. They understand the whole of learning supporting each individual in fostering their character, competency, and wellness. Through through this remarkably focused approach of supporting young people to heal and grow from the residual of their past, this learning community is helping each individual unlock their inherent possibility. They have an unconditional positive regard for every young person in their care. Teachers, in partnership with youth workers and health professionals, teach young people the necessary social and emotional competencies with the aspiration for each student to move from resilience to resourcefulness, to to self-management and an intrinsic motivation to simply be better than they were yesterday and develop a love of being a continuous learner and unlearner. It's actually quite remarkable. My encounter at the Hester Hornbrook Academy got me thinking about the notion of doing schooling differently and their learning community is one example of designing a better normal. What was clear to me, Phil, and probably has been for many, many years now, 
in order to successfully develop the kinds of learning ecosystems that will enable young people to flourish in their future, our new world environment, we have to move away from thinking the end game of everything in school is a standardized bloody test. For me, these data points, our students not only have faces, but also have names, they have lived experiences, they have dreams and they have ambitions. What I encountered at the Hester Hornbrook Academy is precisely why we need to change what we measure in schools and in society. We need to move to measure things like values, relationships, belonging, potential, and the doing what is good and right. We need to learn how to evaluate the practice of inclusion and empathy and how to assess the wellness of the individual and its influence on the whole of learning. Not just how we know about photosynthesis or algebra. Sure, those things have, uh, have a place in our knowledge bank. But people have the capacity to imagine and build things of intrinsic positive worth. And unlike robots, we can better navigate between black and white, interrogate knowledge and apply it situationally. But the thing that's most unique about us humans is our capacity to take responsibility, to make changes and to make choices, to adapt to circumstances and to organize ourselves to mobilize our cognitive and our social and emotional resources to do something that is of benefit not only to ourselves and the places that we live in, but of course the other and all of society. Just like the amazing people at the Hester Hornbrook Academy with clear and explicit aspirations around relationships, partnerships, connection, belonging, safety, inclusion, learning growth, diversity and equity and authentic participation and agency. So. Why do these educators do what they do, Phil? Well, you know, when I was reflecting a little bit further, from my perspective, they get that every person in our schools is home to a unique life. Young people at the Hester Hornbrook Academy feel seen, respected, safe, valued, and understood. This learning community isn't about a hand out, but a hand forward and up. The educators at the Hester Hornbrook Academy are just one example of learning communities of inquiry and practice that are developing all over the world, whose members understand their vocation is being champions to and for their students. They will recognize that many of them will have an adverse childhood or experience significant trauma. And they will appreciate that diversity of their backgrounds means that different stories, gifts, talents, and perspectives need to be woven together with care and love and with a deep appreciation of the inherent value of each person, the story that they can tell and the sense of purpose that they will contribute. So Phil, our focus for Series 7 Game Changers podcast is for us to explore the key ingredients for designing a better novel so that each young person in our school might begin to flourish in their today and into their future. The status quo is around the corner post-pandemic and it has a strong, strong pull. Yet the answers lie not in the forward or the back or the old or the new, the known or the unknown. It's about how we bless the honourable traditions of the story of yesterday and balance the challenges and opportunities of the story of today and blend these with the audacious hope of the story of tomorrow. For we cannot build a future fit learning community by division and subtraction, but rather by addition and multiplication. How do we in schools keep challenging binary thinking? How might we design a better normal? This must be a normality that equips, empowers, and enables young people with the voice, agency, and advocacy to move from surviving to thriving in this new world environment with the ultimate goal on a new horizon, their flourishing future. 
Oh, I love your work, Amico. I really, really do. Um, as the history teacher talking to a design teacher, you know, our first means of communicating significance was story and narrative. And it's a very, very powerful story that you've told us there. And I really like the way in which you frame today's provocation within that story of your personal encounter at the Hester Hornbrook Academy, and then aligning it with our understanding about the framework for an education for character competency and wellness that might reach out to a flourishing future. So perhaps, if I can, I might step into the space and define what we mean by a flourishing future prior to the world being hit by a pandemic in 2020. We knew already that we were living in a moment of historic importance in education across the globe. No matter what our individual appetite for change was, if we were being honest with ourselves, we knew that our schooling model had been designed for a different world and was no longer fit for purpose. We knew we needed to be designing a better way of delivering today's learning for tomorrow's world, a better normal that might become the way that we could journey together towards what we are now understanding might be a flourishing future. In a world that is starting to see the requirement for the big step forward and up that's needed in education to pave the way to flourishing futures everywhere, educational leaders need to refocus. We need to embrace the reality that our communities everywhere are changing and ergo, so must we become future fit in what we do to educate our students with the adaptive expertise and self-efficacy they will need to confront their challenges with confidence and to make the most of the opportunities presented to them. We need to hardwire curiosity, creativity and ingenuity into everything we do. Our practice must match our purpose. But what is our purpose in this changing world? Well, we need to change the content of our goals beyond media clickbait and competitive targets related to decontextualised standardised testing and those wretched examinations that have ceased to have any moral standing or practical relevance other than determining who will and who will not be accorded the privilege of further education. The system is not there to justify itself or this ridiculous doing of things for the sake of the doing of other things that is all based on allowing some to have access to the lifelong opportunities that should be available to all for whose sense of purpose calls them to pursue their learning. Systems and structures should be designed to bring people together in a community of inquiry and practice to improve the way every learner learns, lives, leads and works through a shared understanding of those graduate outcomes that they might need to exercise to thrive in their world and the educational process by which they might grow in character, competency and wellness. That's what we mean by alignment. At the same time, today's learning for tomorrow's world needs to become more highly personalised to the stories, interests and needs of students who are trying to discover the voice, agency and advocacy that the world expects of them. We think there's a social contract in education that speaks to all of this. The new social contract for education, the social contract for a school for tomorrow is all about how we align our purpose as educators with our understanding of our people and our place and how this plays out in our practice to provide students with a rich and full proving ground which acts as a transition from childhood to adulthood. School is the space which helps them to rehearse for success as adults. It's very important that students feel as though they belong, can fulfill their potential and are inspired to do good and right things. They learn this civic performance and moral character through both curriculum and co-curriculum. 
from these key moments of encounter and discovery, as well as the warp and weft of everyday life at school, students learn about aspiration, about experience, about voice, agency, advocacy and resource. In them, they situate a community of inquiry and practice which is relational. It's results focused. It starts and ends with the values and relationships that they learn from us teachers and their peers in what we call character apprenticeship. They acquire adaptive expertise and self-efficacy by choosing someone with whom they can learn to model, scaffold and coach them in the competencies they need, while they in turn learn to articulate, reflect and explore them themselves. They weave these together to form their own expertise, which in turn and in time, they pass on to others. It's this powerful combination of pedagogy through relationship that helps shift schooling from a transactional routine of subjects, lessons, homework, lunch, bells, timetables, sandwiches, socks, football boots, to become a challenge for engagement in anticipation of the passing of exams to a transformational process which equips, empowers and enables them to thrive in their world. This is our purpose. This is our flourishing future from which the flourishing futures of our students might emerge. We need then to imagine what the models for schooling that meet this purpose of an education for a flourishing future might look like. Andrea Schleicher, who's the Director for Education and Skills at the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, that's the OECD, of course, recently proposed four scenarios for what education might look like in 2040. One, schooling extended, and that's about participation in formal schooling that continues to expand. International collaboration and technological advances support more individualised learning and the structures and processes of schooling remain. Two, education outsourced. Traditional schooling systems break down as society becomes more directly involved in educating its citizens. Learning takes place through a more diverse, privatised and flexible arrangements with digital technology as a key driver. Three, schools as learning hubs. Schools remain, but diversity and experimentation have become the norm. Opening the school walls connects schools to their communities, favouring ever-changing forms of learning, civic engagement and school learning. And four, learn as you go. Education takes place everywhere, anytime. Distinctions between formal and informal learning are no longer valid as society turns entirely to the power of the machine. So if the model is broken, we're already having at least four models being proposed to weave in and out with each other in terms of what the future of school might look like. If our role in schools is to prepare students to flourish in this new world environment, then we need educators and school leaders to be prepared to take ideas such as those proposed by Schleicher and others and adapt the way that they organise the time and space in which we co-create the learning with our students and allow them to articulate, to reflect and explore the character, competency and wellness that we should be modelling, scaffolding and coaching for them. As you've been saying so much recently, Adriano, time is fluid. And as ever, Adriano, I've used too many words. Let's boil this social <laughs> contract down to just a few. All right, here we go. To design and deliver today's learning for tomorrow's world. This recognises the centrality of providing our students with an education for character, competency and wellness in everything we do. One which equips, empowers and enables students with the adaptive expertise and self-efficacy to make progress and succeed. We need to do this in a way in which purpose and practice are deeply informed by growth in self-awareness, relationship, 
service and vocation to help people in place to thrive in a flourishing future. This is our purpose, our true calling, our vocation, our raison d'etre as game changers. Yeah, well, I just love, I love that, Phil. I just love everything that you have just shared, shared with us there. And, and we have such opportunity now uh, in education post-pandemic. Do we retreat to what was normal or do we start moving forward together collectively and crafting a, and designing a better normal? You know, what we do know is that schools have been preparing young people for a world that doesn't exist anymore. We know that, which you've just illustrated so eloquently. We do school as school was done to us because that's what school prepared us simply to do, this kind of closed loop idea. So it is time for us to continue to demonstrate to educators and school leaders that reimagining learning by designing a better normal is not beyond them and very, very doable. And our Game Changers podcast series after series has provided real examples of reimagining in action. To prepare today's learners to flourish in this new world environment, a whole new wellness by design framework is needed. And at the center of this framework must be an explicit purpose-driven social contract based on the reality that all young people are not only home to a life, but they are individuals and it supports the individual and collective wellness that encompasses all dimensions of life within a flourishing community. We then need to turn our attention to developing each student's intrinsic motivation to learn in a, in a dramatically complex world. Central to this is the consolation of purpose, meaning, belongingness, connectedness, and contribution to the world, anytime, anywhere, and by anyone. Learning that is a rounded experience that empowers, equips, and enables students with the skills to navigate, to connect, and to flourish in a transforming world. Learning that fosters academic excellence, broadens perspectives, strengthens character, and builds skills for personal growth and success. Designing learning that strengthens the best of the character apprenticeship and the, and the social peer exchange gains from an on-campus paradigm, complemented by learning that leverages the dynamic advantages of technology of an online for greater personalization and incorporates in-context opportunities for authentic transfer of knowledge and skills. And finally, access to in-country learning to support the development of shared societal and global perspectives, a deeper understanding of place and the other, becoming informed, active, connected, and responsible citizens. Designing a better normal fill would allow students to start to actively take more ownership of their learning and work together with their teachers on shared learning outcomes, ensuring they are prepared for life beyond the school boundaries. Oh, I love what you're talking about. I love what you're sharing with our listeners today, Adriano. Central to so much that you're talking about is that learning framework that's so congruent with the School for Tomorrow's research-driven, natural developmental process of growing in character and wellness by gaining competencies that follow a pathway that help anyone to learn, to live, to lead and to work in a flourishing future. You know, I encourage educators and school leaders to, to start reframing learning communities around the five dimensions of care, connection, culture, community, and courage. Learning ecosystems that flourish through the construct of care where wellness comes first. In my experience, young people everywhere flourish when they feel love, when they feel valued, when they feel they are known, and when they feel that these things equally by encountering peers and adults that believe in their inherent worth. Next, we have to understand that without the true integration of digital technology, schools will make themselves irrelevant. The future of work is going to look very different. And as automation and artificial intelligence 
make many manual repetitive jobs obsolete. So to master this huge shift, we must change the way we perceive ourselves and our role in the world. We need a new story about how we want to learn, live, lead and work. Schools, therefore, need to develop the curriculum of the future, not the past. The interdependence of human skills and digital skills is crucial to this realisation. Both are central to the future of learning and a flourishing future. Therefore, connection to real learning opportunities that foster and extend character, creativity, curiosity and challenge. A deep self-paced and intrinsic connection to a love of learning by helping young people take the risk to enter their discomfort zone and be open to self, to place and the other. Taking our listening with care and connectedness to the wonder and awe of learning, we move to the significance of culture. One that is marked by being highly relational, inclusive and hope-filled. A culture that everyone in schools from the top down and the bottom up embraces the power of inquiry, of play and project-based learning, student agency and advocacy, personalized pathways, global competencies, and one that never stands still. One that is not afraid to celebrate the great vocation of teaching instead of talking it down. And one that develops a culture of deep contemplation of self to place and the other through a blend of bespoke connected learning encounters. We know that the real pandemic is inequity, Phil. And we need to embrace the true meaning of community for all. We should develop schools that are outward in their thinking and open to bridging the gap and building local and global partnerships that expose us to new horizons and opportunities to have more of those kind of aha moments for all learners. Moments in learning that inform and form self, that speak to the profoundness of place, and the inherent possibility of the other. It's, it's so powerful there, mate. You, you, you know, time and again, we hear employers across industries saying that academic qualifications alone do not generate employees ready for the workplace or society at large. Now, that's not to decry the importance of qualification. Qualification is one of four or five very important purposes of assessment and evaluation. And if we don't assess and we don't evaluate learning, how would we ever know whether or not we're actually learning? So it is important to get qualified, yet it's not the only thing. And more than ever today, there's a need for genuine educational solutions that balance the theoretical and practical through genuine experiential learning that takes what might be and tests it in practice. We believe that the current strides being made in the digitalization of education blended with the enduring qualities of an on-campus paradigm represent a not-to-be-missed opportunity to enhance experiential learning, not diminish it, particularly when we augment it with those in-country and in-context experiences. At a School for Tomorrow, we have developed a curriculum framework that's designed to allow each young person to access learning that's explicit in task clarity around gaining proficiency and then mastery of knowledge, skills, dispositions, and learning habits. Those competencies that are real-world connected and purposeful and inherently are linked to the character and wellness needed to thrive in the world. This is designed in a manner that ensures all learners not only have the capacity to achieve academic success and become qualified, but also to support them in unlocking their inherent possibility through promoting a sense of belonging to fulfilling their potential and to doing good and right things in the world. Our unique curriculum design is not about the mediocrity of average it's a personalised learning story of growth and achievement that's aligned to a continuum of development, 
not a simple decontextualized score. It's a curriculum of significance and value bolstered by the high expectations and high support one sees in great schools. It encompasses the foundational literacies, emotional intelligence, and general capabilities that will help young people become positive agents in their world today and tomorrow. It's about doing meaningful work in, with, and for the self, place, and other, not just for personal gain or reputation. It's about getting back to the real purpose of schools to pave the way forward to the full flourishing of becoming. At A School for Tomorrow, designing a better normal also leverages our research into the importance of our experiential learning cycle in creating the conditions conducive for breakthrough learning. You know, I've been listening to people talking about an experiential learning cycle for years now, but where's the detail around it? Where's the thoroughness of the pedagogy? Where's the understanding about exactly what we're trying to do? You know, education is too important to leave it up to chance. We need to be deliberate, targeted, intentional in what we do. And that's why we've done the research around experiential learning and developed a much more comprehensive cycle about how we prepare people and walk them through the experience of learning. Increasingly, schools are recognising the benefits of creating specific experiences like this for learning that remove students from what might be termed a regular learning cycle and substitute in a specific context that is of its very nature challenging students to be in a space that is not what they're used to. These experiences might be situated within the curriculum of a subject or elsewhere in outdoor learning, excursions, exchanges, service learning, residential, or many other versions of the same thing. An experience of immersion that is intended to remove students from their comfort zone to confront the possibility of growth through transformation. These experiences prompt new learning for students about themselves and their capacity, relationships, sense of belonging, and even life purpose in a social setting that requires them to look for, recognize, and respond to circumstances of difference, and then act accordingly on what's been learned throughout and beyond the experience. It's the learning that prompts the big step forward and up. So if we've done the research on it, what does this experiential learning cycle look like? Well, we begin by grounding a learner in an understanding of themselves. We prepare them to experience a context and then we conduct the experience. And that requires them to do five things, to live, to review, to reflect, to research, and then to reserve judgment until finally it's time to act. Live, review, reflect, research, act. The experience concludes with the reframing of the learner in terms of their commitment to themselves and to their community, of course, it's about reviewing and refreshing purpose and then putting it into practice. We often talk about saving the world one student at a time. This cycle can help colleagues to think meaningfully about how this might actually work for their students. Most of us went into education to make a difference in the lives of children and to do what we could to help them to make the world a better place. This is a practical way for us to design specific learning that might actually contribute to this. In this way, the knowledge, skills, dispositions and learning habits are made tangible by the process which connects the student's purpose to practice. These competencies and the character and wellness that house them can be transferred across the borders of the specific learning experiences into what the students do to live, learn, lead and work in everyday life. And that was part of our research, our significant research into character education in uh, 2016, 2017, 2018. The implications for schools from finding such of these are very powerful. They speak to the value of the whole work of a school in pursuit of a whole education. 
Each part feeds off the learning of other parts and in balance and when executed in a developmentally appropriate fashion, well-designed active experiential learning, immersion learning experiences seem to promote and cement growth in both of the cognitive and effective domains. That's why we emphasize their role in promoting the flourishing future of each student. It's the connection of today with tomorrow through the story of the life that's being lived. I love that, Phil. I love that last line, you know, the story of the life that's being lived. I mean, it shouldn't be more complicated than that, you know? Uh, yeah, I just love listening to what you're sharing there, particularly about, about what we offer at a School for Tomorrow in terms of reimagining what learning can be. And, and the student is central to that conversation. In their excellent 2020 report titled Workforce of the Future, the Competing Forces Shaping 2030, PwC identified the megatrends shaping our future today. Swift advances in technological innovation, demographic shifts, rapid urbanisation, shifts in global and economic power, resource scarcity and climate change are the tremendous forces reshaping society. Therefore, to thrive, to flourish, education needs to be open to recasting the purpose of schooling as we collectively shape our own destiny with adaptability, emotional competency and self-efficacy keys to a flourishing future. Blair Shepard, the global leader of strategy and leadership development at PwC said this. So what shall we tell our children? That to stay ahead, you need to focus on your ability to continually adapt, engage with others in that process. And most importantly, retain your core sense of identity and values. For students, it's not just about acquiring knowledge, but about how to learn. And for the rest of us, we should remember that intellectual complacency is not our friend and that learning, not just new things, but new ways of thinking is a lifelong endeavor. I just love that quote by Blair. Those school leaders and educational sectors that understand potential futures and what each might mean for them and have the courage to plan ahead will be the best prepared to support young people to succeed and flourish in the obvious reality of our new tomorrow. We need to re-examine the purpose of schooling for our times and ensure that it is based on the facts and the best predictions about the impact of this relentless change. It means realizing that our decision on our vision today will lead to consequences in the future that we may or may not live to see, but others will, especially our COVID children. And finally, you know, having a North Star that Andrew Schleicher from the OECD mentioned in his quote, if you do not have a North Star, perhaps you limit your vision, isn't about one set of destinations. It is about shining a bright light and a direction to move forward and up. It is a powerful symbol of our aspiration and our possibility and our human endeavor. You know, the Hester Hornbrook Academy is an example of what learning ecosystems should aspire to become simply significant. They are living, making a difference every single day. They are a true North Star in education. Thank you, Adriana. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Thank you for sharing that case study. And thank you for shining a light on our direction. You know, game changers, we have a responsibility to shepherd all in our learning communities as they emerge from the pandemic towards designing a better normal in doing school. This is about anticipating the opportunity born from moments of real struggle and challenge. This is about planning and executing an incremental and inexorable evolution towards better outcomes for more learners. This is about overcoming all obstacles when many in society are still frozen in an old reality. This means we need that combination of courage and kindness to reveal who we really are and who we are becoming both for ourselves and in service of our people and our place 
and our planet in Series 7 of the Game Changers podcast. We once again have 10 remarkable educators, thinkers and social entrepreneurs who will challenge our binary thinking and inspire us on our journey to designing a better normal Game Changers who will plant the seeds of a flourishing future for schools and society. I'm excited for what's to come. I can't wait to talk to the Game Changers. Let's go. Game Changers is a podcast for those who want to change the game of school. Produced by Oliver Cummins for Orbital Productions and powered by a school for tomorrow, Game Changers is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play and SoundCloud. Tell your friends and don't forget to subscribe. Let's go.